there's always opportunity with a company that's already got tons of content to go in and revamp it, add images, add video, change some of the uh, headings. If you're looking to revitalize your content marketing strategy, you don't necessarily need to start back at square one. Google's already indexed that content. There's no point in you having to start from scratch when you already have a page that Google ranked. Maybe it's no longer on page one, but Google already liked it. The user already liked it. So what do I have to do to go in there and change that page? You're listening to Personal Injury Mastermind, the show where elite personal injury attorneys and leading edge marketers give you exclusive access to growth strategies for your firm. When it comes to content marketing, it's crucial that you have a plan, but knowing what that plan should be is easier said than done. Luckily, Alex Valencia is here to guide you through all the key areas. His Inc. 5000 company, We Do Web, has been tailoring specialized strategies for law firms and small businesses for over 12 years. Alex and I sat down and discussed all things content, from updating and enhancing previous pages to spotting the gaps and opportunities available to your firm. I'm your host, Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io. We help elite personal injury attorneys dominate first page rankings with search engine optimization. An important first step for any lawyer is to really understand the people around them. So let's get to know our guests. Here's Alex Valencia, co-founder and president of We Do Web. I was an industry leader in, in a totally different market. I was in the banking industry, you know, I quit college to just go make money and, and uh, made it really big into the banking industry so much where I was an executive at Citibank. And shortly before that, I was with a company out of the Netherlands called AB Namro. And then the market crashed uh, to late 2007, 2008. Fortunate for me, I had some amazing bosses that fought really hard for a awesome package. Uh, once we got... Um, you know, let go where I think they, they continued paying my salary and all my commissions for a year. Wow. So I was in a good spot. I had two little babies at home. So I was like, you know what? I've been working my butt off and uh, let me just spend some time at home and be with them. And, you know, even to go back further, the way we started we web content is we had a lawyer friend that we uh, traveled the country with teaching people how to use the internet way back in 1999. Um, so my wife and I met this man named Ken LeBan and, uh, you know, we, we hit it off. We did some, uh, video commercials with him in both English and Spanish on, on using the internet safely. So we started on a bus tour and went all around the country teaching low-income schools on how to use the internet. Years later, um, we worked together, hung out, um, but then he finally started practicing law instead of being an entrepreneur. And he's like, Hey man, I got to get a website going. What's he bet going got going on and I'm like you know what she's at home with me with the kids she's not really doing anything she too got fortunately laid off right after the babies were born so she was happy so she could be a stay-at-home mom but you know she'd be happy to help you out part-time um and he's like yeah I know she's six sigma so I want to build out a whole process for this whole website and content and so she just started working with Ken and interviewing him working directly in the law firm learning everything legal that she had to learn and launched this first site uh, with him. And all of a sudden, it just starts getting all this crazy traffic. You know, within the first month, there was 3,000 organic visits coming to the site. By month three, there was 10,000. By, I think, like a year in, we were 150,000 visits per month. 
uh, organically, no uh, specific SEO, no pay-per-click, nothing. And they were just getting so many, so many cases where the company that helped them launch the site actually said, how, how did you guys do this? What did you guys do? Can you duplicate it? I have an attorney in Boston that I'm about to lose. You guys want to try your strategies there. So Yvette did the same thing, hired a couple writers, did the same strategy for him in Boston, then uh, a guy in Virginia Beach, and it just blew up. And then uh, she's like, uh, I think we've got a business here, and now they're inviting us to a conference to speak. You're not doing anything at home. Why don't we get going? So we worked out different names. At first, it was like articles, blogs, and vlogs. We eventually came up with We Do Web Content. And uh, you know, I think, honestly, we were the pioneers definitely in the legal space when it came to writing content. We were one of the first companies to actually do content in 2008 because a lot of people in 2011 is when content is king, the phrase came out. So we were already ahead of the game, but at that time, you know, that's where saturation of content began so heavily. That's such a great story. And I love the story about how you did great work and you got the referrals. Like that's the best, you know, that true expert, that technician turned business owner and so you saw a lot of success from the content marketing side. So you just fully embraced it. And thank God you didn't go with that other name that you did go with the We Do Web. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we asked around uh, to some of our old friends. We're like, what do you think of this name? They're like, I don't even know what those are. Like, what is that? Um, so, you know, this was a, a good one. I'm sure my wife, who's much smarter than I am, was the one that thought it. Yeah. So, so on your wife, so, so six Sigma, so that's, uh, you know, I don't know too much about it other than like Jack Welch and like a lean methodology. Is that like a, is that like a project management type skill set? She learned it in uh, our old industry. She was trained on it to, to change the efficiencies and processes within both operations and sales. So she knows how to map out and create everything. So you have to go around interviewing every single employee, interviewing management, interviewing everything and find out exactly what their job is, how long it takes, what the inefficiencies, what is working, what's not working. And you build a plan to reduce costs, reduce inefficiencies and just create a plan to do it. So for us that worked because we're such a volume based content creator that that was the bulk and the heart of everything we did was we had a process and we built a formula, right? Everything else came after that, right? So once once we had an idea of what we needed to do, a formula that worked, we had to create a factory setting, not only for training people, but also for producing, managing, and publishing. That's great. So you had like that yin and yang type situation. You could be the visionary, the front end, you know, biz dev, and you, you had your wife that could do like the operations and scalability because content is such a volume game. It's just, it's, just insane. Now the amount of content you got to produce, and we're going to talk more about that later. That's amazing. That's how you scale. So, so many companies, so they'll do the opposite, right? They rule by abdication. They'll just go hire someone and go, here you go. But now you got these processes so you can have someone follow the process for consistency. Right. Yeah. And it makes it easier, you know, because we know what works. We know what our partners like. It makes it a lot simpler. And we'll dive in deeper as, as the questions go further, but so much so that now we've built a software to help even evolve and grow more and then get more customized within our clients, right? Because we're both in the legal space. So we know so many different innuendos, words that can and cannot be used. So it's, it's very verbal and um, everybody's got, you know, their own language that they once spoken and that can and cannot be said by the bar. So that's all implemented in, in that software. 
So true. So, so let's, let's dive in kind of the tactical, let's talk content. So let's kind of go right to the very beginning. Let's talk ideation and selecting topics. You know, one of the common issues that law firms have is, you know, what do I write about? You know, there are a lot of people that just, you know, they're looking at the news, they're trying to write articles about maybe a car wreck that happened, or, and I know a lot of personal injury attorneys, they know they need to have a car accident, truck accident page, but you know, what are some of the strategies involved to selecting topics and kind of that, that, that starting point for content? So for us, it's really now kind of learning who the client is, who the client's content base is. So the demographic, right? So you have so many different types of lawyers. You have that volume-based lawyer who loves the quick car accidents, you know, big billboard guy that says, send me a thousand of these car accident cases at 10 to $20,000 a month. So, you know, for those, you know exactly who you're writing to. Then you have the lawyer who's super specific where I'm only going after catastrophic cases or anything over 150,000. And it's very difficult to do, but you know, if you're working and partnering directly with the firm and, and writing a certain way, as far as the different practice areas, you can kind of eliminate some of that. Um, and also how they're doing their external marketing helps too, right? It doesn't, you know, we talked about this before. You don't just put all your eggs into the SEO content basket. It's what you're doing externally too that drives it, right? So depending on how that client or law firm is advertising, how they're speaking to people on radio, television, billboards, or, you know, any other internal or network marketing that they're doing, all really comes in and ties all that together for them to be able to get that perfect client. Building a site from scratch is always hard, but incorporating old content into new strategy poses even its own challenges. I asked Alex what his method is for helping clients with past SEO and content marketing experience and how they analyze the wealth of pre-existing pages. So we built a tool as well, um, and alongside with other partners and the tools that are already out there to do a gap analysis. So when we have someone that already has been generating content, there's always an upfront opportunity to fix what they have that's currently not working for them, right? They, some people come to us and they're performing really well, but there's always some low hanging fruit that you can go after and revamp, redo, go out and see what their competitors are doing, right? Because it's such a competitive market that we're in. So, you know, someone might've been ranking for three years, four years, kicking butt, but all of a sudden you get this young law firm, close a couple cases. They're like, hey, I'm putting all my marketing money back in, putting all my profits back into marketing and going after an SEO strategy and get really aggressive with a newer SEO agency, right? And they start developing content. Now you're competing, right? Now I was third, second position. Now moved to five by this brand new law firm that just came in because their SEO strategy was just a little newer. Their content strategy was just a little fresher. So when you're developing, you know, 100 pages a month, 50 pages a month, it's important to always go back and see how the performance of that is. You're keeping track of the performance as opposed to let me create new content. Let me fix the content that's already there because Google's already indexed that content. There's no point in you having to start from scratch when you already have a page that Google ranked, maybe it's no longer on page one, but Google already liked it. The user already liked it. So what do I have to do to go in there and change that page? So there's always opportunity with a company 
that's already got tons of content to go in and revamp it, add images, add video, change some of the uh, headings, the meta descriptions, huge. Like I'm a big meta description guy. That's how I choose. When I look for something, I look at meta descriptions because there's so many, not badly written, but uninformative meta descriptions, right? Why am I gonna click on this page if the meta description doesn't almost answer what I want? So it's important to tell Google and the user what your page is about in your meta description. And you, you'd be surprised how much that changes a page. Yeah, and if the meta description is not strong and you don't entice the consumer to the website, they don't even have the opportunity to see how good the content even is. And if right. it doesn't have that signal, then it doesn't matter about the quality of the content. You know, I think you bring up a good point on the content refreshes because so many of our audiences is, is focused on new, 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 more, more, more. But at the end of the day, in the legal vertical, when it comes to like volume and, and impressions and searches, like when you've hit some of those core topics, you're really looking at low hanging fruit when maybe it would be better just to go update and, and make your, your higher volume opportunities better. Exactly. And what we've seen like with researching other SEO companies, even for our own work is, you know, that's usually what they do in the beginning is they've analyzed the site and itemized 20 opportunities in the beginning like the first month we're going to go in and optimize 20 pages that you already have that we could make perform so it's important to always have a custom look at the 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 client right as opposed to you know i think the, the factory setting the way we have it is great and and it works and there's a formula if you take the first 30 to 90 days to really fix what's there you might have a, a really good opportunity to, to rank and get the person uh, moving much quicker than if you were to create brand new content for them. Moving from kind of topics, ideation, and, and kind of we touched on some of the some of these points, but you know, what are the the different content areas a law law firm should be covering? You know, should they just focus on the practice area pages? You know, what what, what types of content should they be producing? So. I'm a big believer in your money pages and, and those are your practice area pages. I've been fortunate to work with a lot of SEOs and, and all their strategies, um, you know, pretty much align within the same idea of developing those pages that um, are specific, right? Well, I think it's your primary, secondary, and tertiary pages. Your primary is your personal injury page, um, you know, secondary, the car accident, Uber car accident rear end car accident, uh, hit by a butt, right? DUI accident during DUI, right? So you start secondary and then tertiary, and then also supporting that content with frequently asked questions. And eventually getting into a blogging strategy, like I'm, we're getting back into it. When we first started this, we, we would do a package. It was a page, an FAQ, and a blog post. And talk about saturation, but it was easy because the writer already had the topic so they would write a long form page, they would do a, a good FAQ size page to help support it, and then they would do a blog post that would hopefully drive traffic to, to both of those um, in, in, in a similar topic. But it just was so much content around the same topic that there was a fear of cannibalization. So we stopped that and then went more towards the, uh, and I think strategically done today, you could do it, but it, we would need the, the right direction. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, so first of all, you know, HubSpot, one of the biggest CRMs, that's basically their strategy today. They write those pillar pages and they have the cluster pages, the support pages. P 
people talk about it in different nomenclature, whether it's Bruce Clay right. talking about silos and writing thematically, you know, similar content. But I think that the the real fear is avoiding, you know, is the duplicating topics, the keyword cannibalism situation. And that's why, too, why I asked, you know, like, hey, if you take on a client that's already had been working with an SEO agency or been working with a content marketing agency, you know, what do you do to avoid that when they have so many pages of content, you know, and it, I, I guess your tool is fantastic for that because to do it manually would be a very tedious process. Right. Yeah. The tool is going to be great because it's going to pull the site maps of our current clients and their competitors. So it'll immediately show us a gap analysis that we can use and it's going to pull in uh, headings as well. So we can see whoever's ranking at the top, who has the best headings that we could, uh, you know, kind of use and say, okay, you know, they're either using the keyword in the front, the back, um, and all those things are, you know, you never know exactly what the answer is. Are, are they using sales copy, you know, within those headings that's helping that push it? Um, what's really Google liking? So it, it's a lot of really great information that that it pulls to to guide you in the right direction. That's excellent. So it makes it more objective and, and instead of like an opinion based. And, you know, another big challenge, and I want to kind of hear your opinion on this, because I'm sure you face this due to the volume of content you produce is, how do you make content truly unique, right? If you're writing, if you're working with 20 PI attorneys, they all want a car accident lawyer page. So what do you do? I mean, do you, do you do those semantic, you know, phrases, the LSI keywords that are all, you know, what do I do after a car accident? How long, you know, like, how do you make them unique so that they have the opportunity to rank? Location, vernacular of the law firm. So like I said, we go through a, a uh, conversation with them and we create a client profile. So every client has a client profile that also helps with the specific vernacular that they like and the tone. So that helps with that. But again, it's hard to to really pull out, right? One, you've written one personal injury page, you've written uh, or read them all, right? So it's all the same information. We have a certain style format that we've always uh, used, uh, which is... Uh, you know, the, the pyramid that we like using, which is taking from journalism. So it's a style um, that, you know, what you find from a lot of other non-content focus agencies is they don't really know how to format a page for the reader. So that helps eliminate a lot of things. But the content is unique for us is because we have teams of writers. And then we also have teams of editors and then also software tools to make sure that none of it's been duplicated. But uh, I mean, there's really no way out of it, right? And you, you, you've written a car accident page. It's, it's all the same content. It's just a different market. Right. And I guess a follow-up question of that in terms of just how SEOs evolved and, you know, Brian Dean's done studies. I've read studies all over the place about content length. And there is some, something to that. Back in the day, there wasn't all, every subject area wasn't covered. You could write a 500 word article and you could rank because that topic or maybe that phrase wasn't covered, you could hit a long tail. But now like most, Google has most topics covered unless it's like original data. So what's like the balancing act in terms of long form content versus maybe long tail? Kind of what's just your general opinion on on uh, approaching that, that topic? I, I would say it's kind of like when you're at the, uh, and I'm not a gambler, so it's a table where you put, uh, bet on black and red so you kind of break even. I think you got to do both. You know, Google doesn't really say, hey, we'd rather long form. They really say, if you can answer the question in 500 words, then go for it, right? You can overwrite as well. 
if a page is, you know, you could get a page to rank for 500 words and someone has a 3000 word page that's also ranking, but it really comes down to what's the technical aspect of the website? What's the usability of the website? How many links are coming to it? Where are they coming from, right? So many variables really tie into it now with SEO, which is why, you know, your job as SEOs is so important to make sure you're backing up a lot of the work that we do, right? Google doesn't see anything but the content, but it's all the backend work that's being done to make sure they can actually get to it, right? Technically that the website's, you know, crawlable, that it's fast enough to get crawled, that there's schema, right? There wasn't schema when we first started, right? So now you have all these other variables that you can add to, to pages and sites that on the SEO and the technical end are so important that you can get different pages to rank. You know, I love long tail keywords, right? But are they always your money pages? They can be, but am I going to generate 20 cases a month from it? No. I, can I generate 20 cases a month from my car exam page? Probably. A 200? Yeah. But a long tail, like, you know, we had a client not um, who, who got a really big case from a parachuting accident, right? You don't have a lot of people writing about parachutes uh, accents. So having that page on their site, being long tail, afforded that client to be able to not only pay for us for years, but have a nice settlement for, for their client. Um, and that goes into, you know, really having a little bit of everything, not putting all your eggs in one content basket, but doing different things on your site. And that's why strategy is so important, right? Don't, don't just look at it where I got to build a hundred pages um, of this, unless they're just foundational, right? And that goes back to your original question when you get clients that have tons of content, they might just have foundational pages, but they don't have supporting or long tail pages. So then there's opportunities there. So that's, you know, that goes into my argument all the time with these law firms and everybody is like, do you even have a strategy, right? Like you, you just have your lawyers blogging. You're wasting everybody's time, right? You could have your lawyers doing something else instead of hiring an agency and actually doing this correctly. You know, like starting a workout plan without a workout plan. Hey, I'm gonna try to do it. Like today I was listening to a podcast and the guy was making fun of the, the comment that people say or the, the quote that people say, you do you, boo, you do you. I'm like, what if you've been doing you all along incorrectly, right? Like, it's time to pick up a book and, and figure out a strategy. Like, don't go and do you. You know, do what some of the other people are doing or, or find out how to do things correctly. Yeah. Hey, let's let's not reinvent the wheel. Let's, let's follow them. Right. I'm guilty of it too. Like, for years, right? I, I've been following people and... You know, I just joined a mastermind and, and stuff like that. I should have been doing this years ago. I'm one of those people where it's like, oh, I'll keep doing it my way. So I'm not going to say it's throwing paint against the wall and like seeing what sticks, but but because there is strategy to choosing the topics and the ideation, the keyword research and all that. But I do like the approach of a little bit of volume because then you can see what takes off and maybe double down in that area. And then you have additional resources that you can use for editorial outreach, no matter what you call it, you know editor outrage, guest blogging, digital PR, whatever you want to call it, but you have those pieces of content that you could link back to. And that's true, right? Because people do double down, right? There's been cases where we've written on a certain topic and the person starts ranking. They're like, all right, let's start doing it in other markets, right? Let's double down and hit truck accidents heavy or let's hit lung cancer heavy because it starts to work. But all of it comes down to strategy and on your SEO end, the data. You know, what data are we getting back? What phone calls are we getting from this? So all that's really great. You got to, you got to have it all working together. Yeah. And I think, I think that's good on the measuring success side. Like so many attorneys, like, I don't care. You know, like I just want to, I want the cases. 
right? But when you're looking at an SEO campaign and you're trying to measure success, the success of a top of the funnel piece of content might be to acquire a link or to support that main practice area page. So, you know, what are the things that you look at when you're measuring the success of your content? I don't really look at bounce rate. Um, I, mean, I know it's kind of important, but on law firm sites, we don't look at that because the idea is for them to pick up the phone and call or, or fill out the contact form. So you'll see a lot of that happening. Call tracking metrics is a big thing that uh, our partners use, phone calls. You can't go wrong with Search Console and, and Google Analytics um, and having the pages in certain goals set, right, for a form or for a phone call or anything that happens within that page is, is how to track it, right? Like I love, I think call tracking metrics is my favorite because you can actually see a phone call from a page. And that's super cool. It's like, all right, you know, this is working, right? If someone didn't, they, they came in organically, they didn't go through the homepage, it wasn't a referral, it wasn't direct, they landed on this page and something within that page drove them to pick up the phone and call and talk about their case. That's, I think, the best measurement that that you can get. And, you know, I think that that's the biggest treasure is seeing that someone's advancing in phone calls from content that we've created. Yeah, fantastic. You know, so if there's an attorney listening now that, that just doesn't have a content marketing strategy for their firm, you know, what's one of the things they should do straight away? And then what's what's some things they should avoid at all cost when it comes to content marketing? Um, so I would say, check out what your competitors are doing. Scroll down to the bottom, see what their sitemap looks like. See if you can pull it, open it up, see what pages they currently have. If it's something you want to take on yourself, then I would start with whatever content they have on their site that you don't. I would start recreating it in your own words, in your own vernacular. Um, pay attention to the page title, page attention to the meta descriptions. Definitely the uh, first heading and all the following headings, how paragraphs have started. Um, and, and start developing a strategy for that. First thing to avoid is blogging. Do not start a blogging strategy unless you've built foundational content. It's like building a house. You're, you're not going to put up carpet and furniture without putting up the walls or flooring or anything like that. The, your foundational content is everything. Uh, you know, Going to Bruce Clay, I'm a big believer in the silo. You got to create a silo. Think of your website as a personal injury theme. Everything that falls under personal injury that you wanna take on should be on that website. And even the things you don't wanna take on because once you've built authority of that site, you can slap a good page on a website and refer that business out. It happens to me all the time, which is why I started two years ago telling all my personal injury attorneys, start putting mass tort content on your website. Even if you don't do mass torts, I'll figure out a place for you to put it. And, and it's happening, man. I got Roundup, Zantech, 3M, you know, now so much so that I partnered with a couple of people to just start building organic mass torch sites. And that's fantastic. And so, and mass torch are so heavy right now and, and they're competitive. So if you build yeah. that authority, you can rank early. I think, I think that's also key too. If you're like one of those first in and you're the original source versus playing catch up later where there's already 50 Zantac pages and you're like one of the last people in. So if right. you kind of like an early nod to it. Like get that content in there because Google's trying to filter out duplicate content. They want to show consumers original content. Exactly. We all want to maximize our output. 
And Alex has even overseen a campaign that has produced 400,000 words a month. But I wanted to know how much content is too much and at what point does it become unsustainable? So the reason we did 400,000 words um, with, with our partner is they were in a totally different space and wanted to start a new space and they had none of the content. So for them is how hard can we go? How quick can we move? And how long will it take? And like, so, you know, our partner was like, well, this is what it'll take. This is what it'll cost. And this is how much time, um, you know, so what happens for with them is you just scale back once you get it, once, once the cases, the traffic, the rankings are, are where you want them to be, then you scale back to maintaining, revamping right now. Now you're on, you know, it's kind of like taking your car for an oil change or, you know, every three months. Now you're just right. checking out, making sure what you have is working. You know, now blogging is good continued frequently asked questions are good, but most of the foundational content's been built. Anything new that's going on there is maybe they're starting a new practice area or something, but you can do it. It can be done. It's not super cheap, but uh, it can be done. Most people don't really go that hard, but you can, right? If you're, you're super competitive, we know this market, right? I know you guys got egos. You want to be the best. You want to go quick, go hard. Hey, you know, you can do it but it's going to take time and, you know, obviously an investment, but you can make it work. Yeah. And one of the things I like about what, what you mentioned is like when it starts to build that authority, it starts to acquire links naturally, which is what every SEO agency loves when the content starts to bring in those links naturally. And one of the things I see different is like so many attorneys, when they're looking to expand their market into a different geography, they always lean first into the traditional, like what's my billboard TV radio strategy going to be in that market. But a simple thing that they could do is they could create a whole geography silo to, for that area, get some traction there, then go open the office and boom, you have, you have a better opportunity to rank in the map pack and start automatically generating some leads. You know, you had a conversation with my friend and client the other day, a uh, great podcast, by the way, he's an amazing marketer, uh, Mark Anjar. That, that's one of those persons that did the exact same thing. I mean, talk about super smart, amazing marketer. The guy, I don't know anyone that reinvests that much back into their business like he does. And that was one of our strat. It wasn't even our strategy. It was we built such a good friendship early on that when he wanted to just go after certain markets, the site had so much authority that, you know, um, I had, he wanted to start going into other areas. So we were like, all right, why don't we just start building out pages in those markets and see what happens? Um, some of them perform better. Some of them you know, they're still taking longer, depends on how competitive they are, but it wasn't just the content in SEO, right? This guy invests in radio. He invests in television. He invests, uh, he doesn't do billboards, but he goes hard with it. He invests in pay-per-click. So all of it working together, right? Like, you know, you also spoke to Gary. Gary's radio ads are so super specific to driving traffic to the site for those markets. If a new market goes out, that radio station knows exactly to get started on here, help support this content, help support everything that we did. So it's working everything together. Like if you want to take over a market and you have the funds for it, like you said, exactly, pick a geographic area, go after it, see how it works out, put in a small office. I mean, he's did he tell you he's buying a building in a few of them now? He, wow, it, it went so well in some of those markets that he just bought two buildings in two different markets. Yeah. Set the LLC up for the real estate company, rent to the firm. Yeah. I love it. You know, on that strategy, one thing that's really overlooked, and I see this, even tons of SEO agencies do this, and I'm sure you see this too, is 
you'll get that Google analytics report and you go to source and you look at organic traffic. You're like, cool, I'm up 10, 20%, whatever. But they don't drill down into the cities. And I always find that really interesting because you may have, let's say a Florida client or a Philly client. And you look at the, the source traffic and you'll see, oh, 25% is from this city in California or X amount from this other city. And it's like, well, those can be really good opportunities to, you can use that data to expand too. Like, oh, I'm already getting a thousand organic visitors from, you know, X city. Maybe I should go there. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's great because I've seen that happen quite a bit. Like you said, most people don't go into the cities. And since we're writing so many city pages, for me, it's important to look at that. And surprisingly enough, there were cities, like you said, that we weren't devoting that much content to that were generating more organic traffic, which is funny. So we did start investing in those. But, um, you know, I think it had a lot to do with with some of the other media that they were doing that was driving it. Yeah. And so and on a final end of that, you know, in terms of those those city pages, is it, uh, you know, are you are you using breadcrumbs, siloing those out, um, you know, are you a, a flat permalink kind of guy or is it, you know, hey, both works. You just have to have the strategy ex- executed properly. So it, it all comes down to really the partner SEO that we're working with because they do the architecture, but we're using the breadcrumbs and also the internal linking to it and sidebar for everything. Yeah, I, I mean, not not much different than, than kind of what you're doing with, with a lot of your work. Nice, nice. Okay. And and then what's the biggest surprise on, on you know, kind of, coming to the end for, for a last few questions on content, you know, what's the biggest surprise you've had in the last few months in regards to content and why? So we've had this conversation personally, I think 2021 was the year of the revamp. And, you know, we had a couple algorithm updates in July. So it was surprising that in efforts to get ready for it and in full transparency, the, Original content at lower word counts that was already ranking, I've seen in some instances still working better than some of the long-form content, which was weird. That was super surprising for me. And, and this is just looking at about you know five of my favorite client sites that I look at, but I'm like, hmm, that's surprising. Like we revamped these pages. They're performing well, but they were already performing. I wonder if we didn't do anything to them, if they still would have been affected or not. And it's hard to tell, right? It's like, damn. When you have a page that's really performing well and it's like an old page and maybe it's thin and you're like, geez, should I touch this up or should I just let it roll? You know what I mean? Just yeah. let it keep on doing its thing. And it, it's a hard. It's still surprising because you can still, you know, we talk about this all that 10X page, right? And they perform amazingly, but you can still be competing with someone with a shitty ass site that's still from 2003 with you know, a thousand pages. And because they have so much authority, it's still ranking better. It's just, it's just hard to understand it, but it's better to be safe, right? Play it safe and, and do the best you can for your client. And you can always just go back and and redo it anyways. But you know, you don't, you definitely don't want to take any drastic drops. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so, so Alex, I'm really trying to cover the gauntlet in terms of content for our audience. You know, what, is there anything that we didn't cover in regards to our content marketing strategy that we really need to talk about or you think we hit it on the head? Kind of what, what's kind of on your mind there? I just think there's so many other forms of content that, that you can be doing. You know, first of all, understand that Google still only reads text, right? So if you're creating videos, it's important that you're getting it transcribed. 
but I love video. I think I think it it adds to the page so many. You I mean you got to get ready for that next market. You know my kids don't even watch TV; they watch YouTube. So they're not driving. They're almost there driving, right? So YouTube video for that market, and you know there's smart lawyers and people and marketers that have been doing this for years. Is definitely do video, but don't ever lose the sight of doing text along with it, right? I know it's a double call and you got to do it, but at least do 30 seconds, 45 seconds of your practice area or your FAQs and stuff in video alongside with your long form content, you know, anything from a thousand words to 3,000, 4,000 words, if if it allows for it. Don't go out and try to just find words to say because you want to hit a word count. Don't, don't worry about that. Just answer the question as best as you can and pay attention to how Google is changing their pages, right? They secretly do things when you when you do a search now. You know, pay attention to you know what they're what they're picking in ads, what the questions that they're asking, like the, the featured snippets. Or now they have that whole another accordion where if you're there, you're think think about all these questions and, and jot them down and add those to any strategies. Just always be paying attention to to what Google's switching around without you knowing it. Um, I think they're even doing more organic stuff in um, in the three pack, or is it going to be the two pack soon? Right, where they're answering questions there now. So they're they're testing different things out. So don't lose sight of text. It's going to be important, but definitely implement your other videos, other areas of content that you want to do. Make sure you're writing for other publications externally. Show your expertise. LinkedIn is still one of those things that I don't love being on, but I think it's a great market. I've, I've been researching more this and. Uh, when you do a search, if it's a really good article on LinkedIn, LinkedIn's already an authority site, right? It's ranking well. So you can post some really good content on LinkedIn and it'll rank above your site. So don't lose sight of uh, using LinkedIn for some of your really good content. That's, that's fantastic. And yeah, Google's always changing things around, right? And they there was, I feel like recently they've throttled back a lot of the rich snippets where they're they're driving users to the website more than they did in the past. They went through that whole phase where it was like, great, I wrote, wrote this amazing thought leadership piece of content. And now you're just going to show a featured snippet and they don't even get to go to my website. Like, come on, right. it's not fair. You're, you're monopolizing my content. I, yeah. And I can echo what you're saying on LinkedIn ever since I started indexing posts and the, just the authority, I just wish they would kind of optimize their titles and their permalinks a little bit better, but geez, you can really rank incredibly well there. Yeah. This is, this is fantastic, Alex. I, I can just really, Echo I'm, and first of all, content is hard, right? You had you one firm doing four hundred thousand words of content per month, and keeping an editorial calendar for that, and making sure you have the silos built out. They're internally linking. They're you're not duplicating topics. Um, so I just have to echo, and I, I've seen kind of the back end of your software and how it works, and how you utilize sitemaps, and I, I think it's just an incredible unique advantage that you have in terms of the legal content marketing strategies versus other content marketing teams. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. And I, I, I you know, I got to give credit to our partners too. They, they do a great job with, uh, you know, if we're not developing the strategy, someone else is developing the strategy. So a lot of work goes into that, you know, it better than anyone, right? It's, it's tough staying on track uh, with the strategies and, and growing that, but it's definitely one of the, the heart and souls of, of making things happen is your content strategy. Uh, you've said it before, content's the backbone of, of any marketing strategy. You need it. You got to have it. If you're going to start anywhere, you, you, you at least start with your content. Completely agree. And Alex, this has been fantastic. So where can our listeners connect with you online? Um, I'm at weduweb.com. 
Um, we actually haven't fully externally done our launch, but that's our new URL or alex at wedowebcontent.com, soon to be wedoweb.com. And, uh, you know, you can always try my cell 954-648-0565. Happy to consult with you, guide you, help you with your content strategy, your content. We work closely with other SEO agencies. So if you're working with someone already, we're happy to jump on a call and, and work directly with them to make sure, you know, we, we can implement a, any of our strategies and help you guys out. Fantastic. Alex, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate you, man. Thanks so much. I appreciate you as a friend and as a colleague and, uh, you know, look forward to uh, checking this out. So many great pointers from Alex in this conversation, and each one reinforces that the central fact that having a strategy is key. If you're constantly researching and analyzing your target audience, your competitors, and your existing content, you can then map out the necessary route from where you are to where you want to be. I'd like to thank Alex Valencia for sharing his story with us, and I hope you gained some valuable insights from the conversation. You've been listening to personal injury mastermind. I'm Chris Dreyer. If you like this episode, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from our listeners. I'll catch you on next week's PIM with another incredible guest and all the strategies you need to take your personal injury practice to the next level.